Do you like games? Cool. Do you like fantasy football? Well, you're here. Do you like games about fantasy football? Sweet. I have the perfect podcast for you. Dynasty Game Night, hosted by yours truly, Russ Fisher, Matt Price, John Bosch, and Rocky Petrella. We play games about fantasy football. You might learn a little something, but really, we're just here to have fun. So if you like playing a game about a game about a game, then check out Dynasty Game Night, a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yes, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan, that's Ryan, over there is Matt, and we are thrilled to bring you episode number 515 of the podcast. The uh, the NFL draft is in the rearview mirror now, guys, and we're excited to talk about all these landing spots. We got as much as we could in an hour last week, Matt. And we didn't we didn't cover half of the players, or, or really even about ten percent of our feelings of what can happen in rookie drafts. So we got a lot of work to do. Yeah, it's uh, it's rookie season. Uh, I think everybody is starting the rookie drafts. I'm seeing a bunch of tweets about it. Um, so hopefully we can uh, give the listeners some more help today. Yeah, Ryan, we we kicked off rookie auctions in your kitchen sink league, so that was a good kickoff. That's always the kickoff to to rookie draft fever, really, for me. Mm-hmm. And there's been some some real fun, should I say, fun <laughs> uh, surprises when it comes to these auction dollars spent. Yeah, definitely some surprises there. And, and auctions always throw kind of a wrinkle in compared to a, a rookie draft or or any kind of draft. Uh, but yeah, it, it has been fun so far. I'm, I'm glad to have several more rookie auctions and drafts uh, coming up soon. For me, the, the theme really since the NFL draft, when it comes to all these rookie drafts and auctions that are taking place, guys, has been, has been the different tiers and the, and the lines that we have drawn in the sand when it comes to where these players should or can go off the board. And we're going to talk a lot about that. In this week's episode, we get we got lots of rookie talk coming your way. We're going to do that rookie super flex mock that we talked about last week. That's gonna that's gonna end our show, but we're gonna start things off with uh, with some strategy talk. The startup. Yeah, we got we got to talk strategy because, like I said, the the theme for me has been these tiers, and there seems to be a tier, guys, for me. After pick number eleven in a single quarterback uh, draft, it maybe even you could even say after pick twelve in a superflex auction or draft. So we, you know, I, I really wanted to talk about the strategy of when you're on the clock at twelve. And and Ryan, you and I talked about this a little bit. It's a it's an intriguing predicament. These top eleven players, and we'll go through them in a second here. They seem to be a consensus there, mostly. For, for most of us, there's a top 11. And then you, but what about the guy who, who, or girl who, who won their league last year? They have a real strong team, and, and they're sitting at the 12 spot in their rookie draft. Um, what should we really do? That, those 11 guys at the top, Ryan, they're, 
I think they're pretty well cemented. At least for me, they are. And then there's a pretty clear tier break in single quarterback. What are your thoughts on on that group? Yeah, I I totally agree that that's the, uh, that's the cutoff after 11 players. And of course, a lot of those are wide receivers. Um, Right now I'm, I'm feeling stronger with the group uh, with that top, that top 11. And, And you've got a couple tiers within that top 11, but I'm feeling better than I thought I would. We talked about it a lot last week that uh, the, the landing spot, the draft capital, were both on the side of, of so many of these players. So um, if I'm if I'm holding a pick in that range, inside that top 11, I feel pretty good that I'm going to get a player that I like. Uh, but if, I, if I'm in that spot, like you said, where I won my league, I've got the 112, I, I really am seeing a pretty clear drop-off and, and going to face some tough decisions. Tough decisions indeed. Those 11 players, the the two big running backs, of course, would be off the board. That's Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker the third, And then that pile of wide receivers that all seem to get pretty good landing spots, Matt. Drake London, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, George Pickens, Christian Watson. I shouldn't have done it without a list. <laughs> You're almost there. Sky Moore. John Dotson and Sky Moore. Thank you. There you go. Uh, so that's nine nine receivers, two running backs. Do you, first of all, Matt, do you agree that that's, that's a tier break right there after you get past 11? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel good about a couple players after that, but not as good sure. about those top 11. And like Ryan said, there's I think there's at least two tiers, two arguably three tiers within that top 11. Um, but yeah, there's a, it's, it's a cliff right there for me. I think other people feel pretty better about guys like James Cook than I do. I like James Cook. I love the situation, but you know, from Sky Moore and Christian Watson and Jahan Dotson, I feel like there's definitely a separation there between those guys. There might be a little bit of a theme on this week's episode of the podcast too. We, we've had a little bit more time now to digest the draft and, and get a good feel for how we feel about all these landing spots. To me, James Cook is a guy that I'm I'm slowly stepping away from as the twelfth guy. He's he's still there in my rankings right now, but I see I see positive things from the few guys below him, and it seems like the hype is getting getting a little higher than I'm comfortable with when it comes to Cook in Buffalo. So th- going back to the theme of this week's episode, it might be a little bit of where, where we mention, or at least it feels like I will mention. That, that my feelings have changed slightly on players over the last 10 days since the draft. But I digress. We should get into this conversation. It's a fun one to have and one that, Ryan, you and I started to have before we hit record today. What are we doing at 12? There are there really are a few options. There certainly are. So I'm, I think the kind of the easiest answer and, and what you're hoping for, if, if you agree with, uh, with our rankings, if you agree with us, you're hoping that one of those uh, second, third tier wide receivers falls to you. So you're hoping Sky Moore, George Pickens, uh, Christian Watson, or Jahan Dotson fall to you. And, and there's a chance that happens. I would say there's, you know, maybe a 10% chance that that would happen. Uh, but I think for for the sake of this conversation, we have to assume that didn't happen. Those Those 11 guys, including those four wide receivers that I just mentioned, are off the board. So you're looking at drafting someone like James Cook or or maybe there's a couple other names in that same range or you're trading the pick. Um, and, you know, the, the pick 
I think that's that's the easy answer is to say that you're just going to trade the pick, uh, but we know what the trade value has been like uh, in general for these 2022 picks, and um, it, it's one of those things you're, you're really going to have to work. You're really going to have to work to get a good deal done in your league if you've got that 112 pick. Yeah, So and there's a couple ways to do that trade, right? If, and the, the timing of that trade is also a factor as well, and we'll get into all of that. First of all, though, Matt, if you're if you're thinking about oh, I'm at twelve and there there is a 10% chance that I get one of the guys that I want between 9, 10, and eleven in my rankings, are you looking to make that deal before you guys kick off the draft or, or are you gonna try to try to hope for the best and then get what you can if you if you can't if if one of those eleven aren't available to you at twelve? I think if you're holding on to it until the rookie draft, you need to feel okay about what happens if if not. Because I do think that if, the, if those 11 guys are off the board, then you really need to find somebody that wants James Cook. Uh, I, I kind of suspect that, like you said, he's getting a little bit overhyped and he may rise above some of those guys, especially somebody like Jahan Dotson that feels like the community is down on somebody who I've struggled, you know, struggled with my own thoughts with the last, last week on, on how to rank him. Um, I mean, you know, we always say the optimal move is to wait till the pick is on the clock. But when you're when, when the pick is at such a huge tier, at least for us, you know, other guys, I'm sure have tiers uh, that are set up a little bit differently. Um, but for us, if we really feel that this is the way things are going to go and you wait there and there's not a market for James Cook or whoever that 12th guy is, um, then you're, you're taking a risk there. Personally, I'm, I'm probably going to wait. Um, Cause like I said, I think James Cook might move up the board a spot or two and one of those guys might fall to me. Um, and take that take that risk. So uh, it just kind of depends on what you want to do. Yeah, it feels like a gamble to me and one I might not be willing to make, Ryan. There's, there is a market for that pick, whether it be before the draft starts or when it's on the clock. What kind of, what kind of veteran return could we be looking at getting if we're looking to, to make a move? And then also, if you're just, there's probably the opportunity to just move back a few picks somebody that does want cook but doesn't want to give you that veteran that can help out right now help out that championship winner uh instead you might move down a few picks and get something else as well yeah i did uh, as we were preparing for this conversation i did check out the the trade finder tool over at dlf one of one of my favorite uh things that we offer there because it when you're having these conversations, whether it's uh, in, in a group like this or, or if you're just kind of thinking over it yourself as you prepare for drafts, uh, it, it's so beneficial. So we've got several trades that involved the 1.12 being traded on its own. And of course, lots of other examples where uh, the pick was packaged for an upgrade or, or something else. So I wanted to focus on trades where it was the 112 being sent for um, another asset or, or group of assets. And looking at veterans first, there's there's some trades I like and some trades I, I don't like so much. The first one, one I would not do is Michael Carter, the 112 for Michael Carter. So Ouch. we're thinking about James Cook and, you know, say what you will about him, whether you think he belongs in this in this range or not. I want Cook over Michael Carter at this point. Of course, that's that's uh, has impacted greatly by by Brees Hall. Um so that that's an easy one to to reject if from my from my point of view. Uh, another one, one point twelve for Adam Thielen. The wide receivers in this range are um, you know not not strong options, not players that you're looking at and thinking that you're going to get immediate production from. Maybe you're reaching for John Mechie or 
Wandell Robinson. So if we're assuming that the, that those four that we mentioned earlier are not falling, I think it, I could definitely see myself taking a guy like Adam Thielen, who's going to give you one or maybe two more years of, of production. And, and we already know we're coming at this from the, uh, from the idea of having a strong contending team. Looking at moving down, there, there was one trade I loved. Uh, 112 for Robert Woods, the 2.03 and 2.05. And again, these are all trades that have actually taken place in leagues uh, hosted on my fantasy league. Uh, if you're thinking about kind of being stuck at 112, not liking one player that much more than another, moving down, getting two more picks within the next five or six, and getting a veteran who could start some games for you in Robert Woods, that's probably my, my favorite deal that I found on here. There's there's a couple of them that look pretty good. I like that for sure that Woods one. Uh, I think that's a slam except whether you're on the clock and, and looking at um, looking at the options that are available to you at 12 or if it's even pre-draft, I'm willing to take the risk that uh, that. 90% of the time, those top 11 are gone. I was going through ADP beforehand and just trying to get a gauge of, of based on those trades that have happened, the Adam Thielens, the Robert Woods, plus the package of picks. That puts you in, it's pretty easy to go look at ADP and find Christian Watson's name and and, and find um, and, and find the rest of these rookies at the bottom, Sky Moore's name in ADP, and then look for those veterans that are in that range. Mm-hmm. You see guys like like A.J. Dillon and and Dallas Goddard, if you're looking for a tight end. Um, James Conner is a guy that's right in that range and is looking to have a huge season in Arizona. That's probably where I would start if you decide you want to go the trade trade angle. I'd go find those guys that are that are in the ADP list that, that are 10 or 11 in your rankings and try to get a, a similarly valued player. I know we always preach that ADP – does not suggest exactly what you can get in uh, in fair trade, Matt. But if you're on the market looking for this this kind of deal, I think that's a good starting point. Yeah, I think it is. If for some reason you've you know you've traded for a random, for, I know this isn't the scenario, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, that this is if, if you're for some reason you traded for a random first, uh, and it ends up being the 1.12, and you know you're a middle of the road or, or not a strong team. There was a couple of trades in the trade finder that I, I liked as well. The 112 for a 2023 20, first seems like free money to me. If if you didn't want to go the veteran route, and I do like grabbing someone like Thielen, like you, or Woods, like you mentioned. But I mean, the worst that can happen is that you have the equivalent pick next year and there's certainly a, a, a much higher chance that you're going to have a, a much better pick than the 112 in a class easy with like that more. easy with that Matt. you can't be <laughs> don't you know I, I really want to go back in time and and snarl at all this all the snarky people that said the, the 2022. 2022 draft is so terrible and then yeah. we get all these great landing spots and we're already on today's podcast talking about 11 players that we really want on our team a horrible draft class should not have 11 excellent first round options i agree with you but and i don't know how many times this happened in the trade find or how common it is i would guess not super common but there's not not 
many years where you can move the very last pick in your draft for a random pick the following season. Usually you have to move farther up the tree, the 107, 108, maybe the 106 in, in, in really good classes. Um, so uh, I, I, just, I just wanted to point that out as something. But, but like you guys said, veterans would be the first if we're in this scenario where we're a strong, strong team that won last year and we're looking for that repeat. I mean, I, a guy like Adam Thielen, it feels like a first is too much for him. But when you consider, like you said, that tier break, uh, it, it, it makes total sense to add a guy like that could, that can produce uh, for this year. And I love the James Conner call as well. So we're in this situation. You just won your league, as I outlined before. You have that strong team. You're looking for that back-to-back titles. Let's let's have a final verdict here. What we what we decide first of all, when are you shopping? If you're shopping, or are you standing pat and making a pick and building for the future? Matt, which one would you prefer if you got to make that call today? I think I'm holding, and I'm just going to make the call on the clock and and, and hope one of my receivers gets there that I like. Uh, and if not, then think about moving the pick. Uh, if for some reason Cook uh, doesn't move up the the list, are you are you going for that veteran trade? If that's the case, or are you looking into the future? Which one's better for you? Do you think? I, I like picking up a very a low value veteran, uh, like in that Woods one, and moving back to the middle of the second somewhere in there. Because once you get past, I would say, um, like the one. I guess it would be like the 202, something like that. Then we have just 202, 203. Then we have a bunch of guys that are, are kind of all the same, and I can just kind of pick my f- favorite flavor from, from that group. So a veteran and, and maybe a pick lower down in the second would be my first option, I think. Sure, I like that. Ryan, how about you? I think uh, before I really dug into this, I would have I would have agreed with Matt that I was just going to uh, hold tight at the 112, hope one of those wide receivers fell, and if they didn't, make the make the call between uh to me it's it's three running backs that i would consider there we've we've mentioned the name james cook brian robinson and rashad white are the other two that i think would be kind of in that conversation um so deciding between those three that would have been my answer but as i looked at all these trades that have taken place uh knowing that maybe there's a little bit more of a market than i expected i would trade the pick because the the Michael Carter deal is the only one of these trades I didn't like. Uh, Matt talked about the 23 first. That's obviously a slam dunk. There was another trade of the 112 for a 24 first. And, and then the others that we mentioned, Thielen, Woods, and the picks. Uh, and there was another example where you were moving down for a 2-2 in a later second. So um, to see basically uh, so many trades that uh, I, I think are pretty clear wins, that's, that's the route I'm going. We've been mentioning, Ryan, that 10% chance that one of those top 11 get to us. And that's, that's not just a number we're pulling out. That we, you're, you're pulling rookie draft data every single day. We're, we're running mocks. And we have, a, we have an app specifically that will tell you what player should you, you should expect to be available. And legitimately, it's 10% on, on all those players towards the mid to late part of your top 11 rankings. That's called the rookie draft app. So something... Very every dynasty manager should get familiar with that this time of year. There's there's so much good data and it's right at your fingertips. There, um, I'm with you, Ryan. I would be shopping it already. I like I like those options that are available there. And rookie draft fever is a real thing. People are excited about these rookies, and not every dynasty manager is going to look at it with a level head and say the chances are one of my top eleven aren't going to be there. You might be able to make a trade like this before the draft 
get a veteran or a package of future picks, whatever you're looking for, from somebody that really believes that, oh, I'm going to get Sky Moore with that pick, even though the odds say he won't be available at that spot. So um, I guess the verdict's in. We're, we're probably all shopping it around at some point, um, whether you're going to wait till you're on the clock or not. Um, does this last thing on this? Does this bleed into the to the one eleven or the one ten, or is there a strict line there at the twelfth pick, guys? It's pretty pretty strict line for me, but again, it just comes down to uh, how your tiers break down, and uh, I, I do yeah. think it is it's so important to have those players grouped um, that that tells you when it's time to to move up and grab the last player in your tier. Or if there's several of them, Matt mentioned that earlier. If you're moving back to that early to mid-second round range, there's five or six guys that are all kind of similar. So uh, you know you've got the the room to do that, to move back, pick up some extra assets, and still get a player you like. I, I also like the idea, and you mentioned it there, of mo- trying to move up the one or two spots and getting the last guy in the tier if you can, if the if the only cost is to give the last pick in the second round to move up one spot and, and guarantee yourself that guy, that's an easy trade to make. It, most likely it's going to cost a little bit more than that because everybody's playing with, with similar tiers, at least. Um, I, I think we covered what we need to here, and we, we want to talk about some rankings, some guys, some, some lower-end rookies, so let's get to that. Dynasty Rankings. Yeah, we threw this under dynasty rankings because the three of us are talking a lot about about these rookies and where they where they kind of fit in all these tiers. So we last week we tried to talk about as many first round guys, even some second round guys. We wanted to dig a little deeper this week and talk about some players outside those top two rounds that we're we're higher than consensus on the the guys that maybe. Maybe we've we've warmed up to in the last ten days as well as we we kind of digested this draft class. So, uh, Matt, is there a guy that you would say outside those top twenty four that you're going to have on a lot of teams because nobody else is really considering them as much as you are? Yeah, you're, and you can go probably past the top thirty six and maybe even like forty picks for this guy went went kind of deep. So in like tight end premium leagues. I think you you have the two guys at the top that we're really excited about. With um, I guess I guess maybe not really excited about, but moderately excited about Trey Bride's potential in a in a tight end premium situation after Zach Ertz moves on, or maybe maybe even simultaneously. Uh, and then I really like Jelani Woods too. I know people like Greg Dolchitz. If you're not into Albert O, then you probably like him a little bit more than I do. Um, but I'm going to go deeper than that. I'm going to go to Daniel Bellinger, who was drafted by the Giants in the fourth round. He He's a San Diego State product, pretty athletic, uh, a really nice three cone for a tight end at just over over seven seconds. Uh, I like that. And some, you know, did well in the explosion drills as well. Uh, you know, big, strong hands, a good blocker. And, and the Giants really, they're, they're tight end depth chart after sending away Evan Ingram. Uh, I guess maybe even before they sent away Evan Ingram wasn't very expire, inspiring. So currently they have Ricky Stills Jones there, who you know has had certainly performed in, in windows, uh, especially when Logan Thomas has missed time. Um, Jordan Akins, who uh, we probably remember from Houston, who likes to pop up and catch a couple of touchdowns uh, in, in certain weeks. But after those two guys, it's it's really wide open. And if somebody like Bellinger can come in with a with a skill set that can can be a nice blocker, uh, not only for the run game but also for the passing game. 
uh, in a tight end premium kind of format, I think he's worth a, a kind of a dart throw in that late third. If you really want to get crazy about it, he's certainly the, uh, probably there at that time. But I think probably you're looking at more like a fourth round pick for this guy. Um, so if I don't get Trey McBride or I'm just not in a situation where I, I, I feel like I can take a, a player that I like more at a different position at that point, either he or Woods, then I'm probably going to wait. And if I want to grab a tight end, it'll be Bellinger really late. Yeah, I like the Bellinger call. Um, certainly a late guy, but the depth chart, as you kind of said there, Matt is is on his side. Uh, I, I like Seals Jones, but the guy has has trouble staying on the field. So health issues. Yeah, we yep. we could see Bellinger um, maybe even get some early playing time. And uh, right now he's ranked 62 overall in our uh, rookie rankings. Actually, only ranked by by one of our rankers. So. Definitely a deep guy. Maybe even goes undrafted in your rookie draft, and, and you can pick him up after that. Uh, I didn't go quite that deep. Uh, I went with Keontae Ingram. Uh, Ingram is the Arizona rookie running back, drafted in the sixth round uh, by the Cardinals, uh, and he is currently ranked 42nd in our rookie rankings. Also has an ADP of 38 overall, so it looks like a uh, fourth-round rookie pick in your in your drafts. I just I love the situation for him as well. Um, the Cardinals, of course, bring back James Conner. He looks like uh, he he looks like he's going to get as much work as he can handle. The bad news is that's that's kind of up in the air. I mean, five years in his career, never played a full season. Uh, has James Conner? Certainly not wishing injury on anybody, but we know kind of the reality of of his career. And, and Ingram is is really a similar player to Connor. Good hard runner, but also uh, has has some pass catching chops as well. Averaged a couple receptions per game during his time at Texas, and uh, finished up his college career at USC. So, um, really, to me, Ingram is Connor insurance. If I've got James Connor on my team, I want to make Ingram a priority. Maybe reach for him in rookie drafts. If I don't, I'm if I don't have Connor. I want Ingram anyway uh, with the idea that, unfortunately, Connor uh, may miss some time again this season. Keontae Ingram is one of those guys that could slide down rookie draft boards as well. He didn't get the draft capital, the 19th running back taken in the NFL draft, all the way down in the sixth round. And, you know, a lot of the projections, he he looks like a backup style running back, a guy that could maybe come in and fill in uh, for an injured starter for a few weeks, but certainly not somebody that's ever gonna gonna grab grab the bull by the horns and be that number one running back for a full season on a good team. He's gonna have to pick and choose his spots. The nice thing about Ingram, however, is he's a big guy. He can handle a workload if he needs it in spurts. Six foot two twenty one, um, and ran that ran a sub. You know, he was in the four fives. So, you know, we always say you don't want to have a have a six after the the dot on your on your 40 yard dash as a running back or a wide receiver. Um, That sixth round, sixth round draft capital is it's too bad that wasn't the fourth or the fifth even. Um, I know there's not a lot of difference there, but just that he had to wait that long. It's rare that sixth round running backs really really turn into anything great with that all said I'm gonna go with a with a lower end running back as well or at least a day three running back and um mine mine's kind of similar it's Hassan Haskins who maybe got a little better draft um capital than we expected he went in the sixth round and a lot of people did expect him to be a 
uh, a, or excuse me, he went in the fourth round. He and, and some expected him to be a sixth or a seventh round pick. He went to Michigan and wasn't a starter till his final season last year. I got to watch him a lot, and I really liked him as as one of them Big Ten bruising uh, tailbacks that that like to lower the shoulder and be that powerful runner. Two hundred seventy carries, over thirteen hundred yards, and twenty touchdowns against the Big Ten schedule. So you know. Really took advantage of that opportunity he had. Again, the great draft capital, or, or at least better draft capital, in the middle of round four. And then the landing spot in Tennessee. He's a big back, 6'2", 228. Perfect landing spot is Derrick Henry's primary backup. So on top of kind of having that same mold, and nobody's like Derrick Henry, but he's another he's another thumping running back. Doesn't have the same kind of burst and stuff, but certainly a between-the-tackles runner. He has great balance, and, and he's got so much power, an elite stiff arm. That's the, that is such, such a Tennessee Titans-type pick. When they picked him, that was a perfect fit, really. So um, I think he could be just as effective as Deontay Foreman was a year ago after Henry went down, and, and, and I know... Nobody expects Henry to to miss any time again. Um, And Haskins will, he'll likely be pretty much worthless whenever Henry is healthy. But, you know, if you're looking for a solid RB2 on on an NFL team that um, is a clear handcuff to, to an elite starter, I think Haskins fills that role. And he's a guy that I won't, not only in the, throughout the third round that I'll be looking at, I might be considering him with the last pick or, or first first pick, last pick in the second round or first pick in the third round. And a lot of people are ranking him towards the end of the third or even into the fourth because he didn't get that draft capital. And maybe he's not a name that's on the tip of everybody's tongue. I watched him a lot in college, and I liked him before this whole process started. So to see him in an ideal landing spot like this, he's a guy I'll be eyeing in rookie drafts. Yeah, I do you kind of hit on it, Dan? I do think uh, Haskins and and Ingram are kind of in similar spots, uh, yep. being being the clear backups, but also being one injury injury away from from a prime role. And really, the same thing I said about Ingram. If I've got Derrick Henry on my team, I'm going to make sure I get uh, Hassan Haskins as well. They're yeah. they're like the the discount versions of of guys like Samir White, who we like for a similar reason. Um, and I, I like think, you, I think you, I think you could probably throw Brian Robinson into that category too. You know, we expect him to be involved, uh, even, even if Antonio Gibson d- doesn't get hurt, but if he does, then he's got that role all to himself. So if you miss out on those guys, then picking up Haskins and Ingram later puts you in a similar situation. We're going to try to do some more of these in the coming weeks because so many of these drafts are happening right now. And we didn't get to, to guys out top outside the top 16 or 17, in our um, our rookie 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 profile series that we did leading up to the NFL draft, so so we got to hit on a, a handful more of these, and we'll try to get them in every week. We want to get to our our mock draft, superflex mock draft, but before we do, we got to talk about our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play fantasy sports, including best ball, daily drafts, and pick 'em. Start drafting in minutes for a shot at big cash prizes, and I do mean real big cash prizes. We'll get to that in a second. The best part about Underdog Fantasy is that by signing up for a new account today on Underdog, you'll get a free DLF annual premium membership. In addition to the free DLF 
uh, membership, Underdog Fantasy is going to also provide a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks in that account. So this is an awesome way to to start enjoying the games that Underdog provides. I know I'm enjoying them. Ryan, you play them as well. The offer is good for new and existing DLF subscribers. So even if you already have a DLF sub, we'll automatically extend that subscription for an additional year. Underdog uses typical half-point PPR scoring, single quarterback rosters with no defenses and no kickers, 18 rounds, uh, it's fun, and and they do them in slow with slow drafts with the four hour timers, and then they do fast drafts as well, thirty second clock, so you can get one done in a few minutes, waiting in line for your food or or, or sitting and waiting for the at the doctor's office. You can do these fun drafts. Um, the, you know, I'm loving this new Best Ball Mania three that they're running right now. Um, these drafts are happening right now where Underdog is going to give away $10 million in prizes, including a $2 million prize to the winner. So visit DynastyLeagueFootball.com, click the Underdog Fantasy banner on the left, and claim your 100% deposit match and free year of DLF Premium today. And go win that $2 bucks. That, that could help out, right? Um, let's jump into the draft. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. I do Superflex rookie rankings. Ryan, I know you do too. Matt, you're always adjusting your rankings for yourself. You you don't want to help out our listeners and give them your (laughs) rankings. But, uh, you know, we've been adjusting these so much over the last 10 or 12 days since the NFL draft. I know I look at mine every single day. I edit them almost every single day. And I printed out my list I, I edited this this list, printed it out, and then I already drew arrows where, where I want to move a guy up one notch or down one notch. It's crazy because after you get past that top 11, and you can even do some sliding around inside the top 11, there there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered. And to me, Matt, that makes me feel like there are going to be some values later on in drafts this year. Oh, a- absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't argue... I mean, I've seen I've seen Kenneth Walker go number one. I've seen Chris Olave go number one. I honestly think that Whoa. even though we have different tiers in these top top eleven, and I think we all agree that Brees Hall is probably the top guy. Uh, uh, um, you know, I I just think that people are going to take who they want with the first pick, and you can make an argument for maybe the top seven or eight guys, uh, especially in a super flex format. Uh, for for going number one overall, and and if somebody wants to take, I mean, I I certainly wouldn't wouldn't do it, but I understand if somebody wanted to take someone like 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 Kenny Pickett number one overall in that format. So it's it's just it's going to make for really fun rookie drafts. Like you're not going to know what's coming. Ryan, you're running those mocks for DLF, and and that information is is just flying in right now. Ten mocks running over the last few days. We're trying to wrap them up now, of course. Anything that really has grabbed your attention with these mock drafts that you've seen? Um, just, I, I'm already seeing some of that value that you talked about, and, and I think it will continue. I mean, I, I know last week Matt talked about the, the situation in Atlanta with Tyler Algier. You know, we're, uh, we're less than two weeks past the draft, and we're already seeing uh, a, a guy like him gain some value as a result of the, the moves that his team is making. And his value is all over the board, right? I mean, he's going early in the second in in some drafts, 
and uh, falling to the early to mid part of the third round in others. So I think, you know, as, as rookie camps get fully underway and, and certainly in the summer, once we get to training camps, the, the news will be flying and that top 11 that we talked about so much today, that's going to be infiltrated by some players like Algier or Robinson or, or cook or whoever it might be, whoever gets that, that good camp buzz. And that's going to be good news. If you hold an early second round pick in one of these late rookie drafts, because you might get a guy like Pickens or Sky Moore or Dotson in the second round. I I have a couple of those late rookie drafts and I'm already looking forward to them with my late first round picks thinking thinking maybe somebody slides through going back to that conversation we had in the startup where we where we were talking about what to do with the 112. Uh but let's get into this super flex rookie mock draft. Uh PPR, of course, the three of us will make all the picks. We're going to try to get through three rounds again this week. And Matt, you drew the first pick, followed by myself and then Ryan. So kick it off, Matthew. Yeah, you know, I I, I did just say that I feel like Brees Hall is in a tier by himself, and I, I kind of do still feel that way, so I'm going to take him there. But, I mean, the more and more I think about it, the more these players blur together. I have no problem if somebody wants to take really any of these guys, but especially someone – uh, like London or or, or uh, Traylon Burks or Garrett Wilson, that's going to go pretty soon here, I would guess. So I'll stick with Brees Hall, but you know, if you like one of those receivers, take the receiver. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I I mentioned last week that I have Hall at number one in both single quarterback and super flex, and you know, before a few days ago, I mentioned I've been tinkering with things. I had Traylon Burks at my two spot, and I I made the adjustment. I went. I went with Drake London. I know they, they got some questions to answer along that offensive line and, and with some of the skill players, including running back, who's going to play on the outside across from Drake London. But with Pitts inside and, and sometimes playing on the outside as well, and and I would say a serviceable quarterback with a young guy waiting in the wings that could potentially be a similar style guy uh, with some upside, I I love the big bodied receivers that, you know, we go every single year. We look at who's, who's that top receiver. Who are the guys with the elite type upside? And it's rare that it's the Tyreek type more often than not. These guys are six feet tall. They're 200 pounds. And, and outside of London, there's only, and, and even Burks, there's only a couple more of those guys in the, in this draft class. So I, I made the switch. I'll take Drake London here. And, and I realize a lot of people have, you know, I think the number two spot is where a lot of drafts will start because so many so many drafts will start with Hall at the top. I, for that reason, I'm not sure I love being in the number two spot. Um, but again, we've said over and over, you got to draft the guy you like. And, and today, that's Drake London for me at two. <laughs> yeah, I guess I would actually disagree with Matt a little bit. I do think, I, I think Hall is is so close to being the, the chalk pick, the consensus 101, even in the super flex format that if you do prefer a wide receiver or if you if you do prefer Pickett like you Matt I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't do that but if you want one of those guys j- just try as hard as possible to move down I mean we're looking at at Brees Hall as uh, a top 6 running back in dynasty startup so I I do think I think you'll find a trade partner um so even if you're moving down one or two or three picks that that would be my uh, my move I think three picks is like the maximum I would want to move, though. And even then, I would still be sad if I didn't get, say, Traylon Burks. Uh, I, 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 
I understand the move. I just, I think the piece that I get back, I mean, I need to have a piece that I'm going to like, like an like early second, mid second, I guess at the absolute uh, lowest I would take to move back but that it, far. But I don't think I would. But I mean, if you really ahead. honestly prefer Burks or London or, or Wilson or whoever over Brees Hall, then anything you get back is icing on the cake, right? Like even if you're getting a, a late second, Unless you miss, unless, unless the player that you didn't think was going to go one goes one or two, but you move back to three and they go two. you know, that, 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 at that point, I think I would need something I'm excited about coming back. If I get a third round pick coming back and I miss out on Traylon Burks or whoever it is that I want at that pick, I think I would be more sad than if I had yeah. just taken And again, that. that goes back to having your tears or, or, or having the tears, uh, yep. at least having tears that you, uh, that you trust and, and rely on. Um, I'm on the clock here at three. I am going to take Traylon Burks. He's my wide receiver one still. I have not made that move. Um, similar spot, I think, to to London in that he's he's going to have the chance to be the wide receiver one for his team immediately. Um, not not going to be super pass heavy in Tennessee, but uh, if he's getting that that target share that uh, that I think he's going to inherit, uh, he'll he'll be a solid producer. So Traylon Burks here at three. Matt, how about the one hundred four? Yeah, I'll take I'll take uh, 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 Garrett Wilson here. He was my wide receiver one pre-draft, and I still like him a lot. I just I think his situation. I, I just think it's a little bit worse than the than those top two receivers in terms of volume he's going to see in in year one. And also, I feel it, it feels weird to say, but I feel better about uh, Marcus Mariota, and of course. Uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill than I do Zach Wilson at this point. And, you know, I hope Zach Wilson takes a step forward with all of this talent they've surrounded him with. But right now, as of this moment, he's he's the quarterback that I have the least confidence in. And Wilson also has the most competition there compared to the other two. The four, five, and six spots in my rankings have flip-flopped multiple times in the last couple of weeks. And it's really, it really centers around Kenneth Walker third. I'm not sure if I prefer the two wide receivers I'd consider, both Wilson and Jamison Williams, or if I like the idea of, of Walker walking into a spot where where he should be the guy right away. He, but but then we gotta we gotta trust Pete to give it to the guy who should be the guy right away, and that that might just might not happen. I'm gonna take Kenneth Walker the third here, um, but you know if you're going for upside, I feel like Jamison Williams is the pick right in this tier inside of this tier Kenneth Walker does seem a little bit safe so so I've I've been moving these guys around for that reason yeah I'm going with that upside pick in Jamison Williams at the uh at the sixth spot Walker would be a little bit lower for me I mean we've we've seen Pete Carroll use an early draft pick on a running back and then not use the running back like that's that's already happened within the past uh, four or five years so um, and we also saw how Rashad Penny ended last season looking like, honestly, one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, if he's healthy, that's, you know, at best a timeshare for Walker's sake. Matt, how about the 107? Yeah, Walker's lower for me too, but I've I've seen people, I've seen, I've seen, I don't know if it's consensus yet, but I feel like it's close Uh to, to be in more than likely Kenneth Walker goes in the top two to two either at the second or the third pick, um, which to me is, is kind of crazy, but you know, he did land in the perfect situation to, to get 
the volume, you know, assuming that Carson is not going to be there and uh, and, and uh, Rashad Penny, you know, either gets hurt or just goes back to being terrible. Um, but at the 107, I'll, I'll stick with the wide receiver. I'll take Olave, Chris Olave here. The more and more I think about the situation, the more I like it. You have – have uh, a, a, have a guy who who I don't think is going to be the one or really going to be an alpha kind of in the NFL, but with Michael Thomas there, hopefully he's back healthy and can kind of mentor him and and take some pressure off of him. But I do think Olave is going to get a whole bunch of targets uh, and receptions in his rookie year. I like the Olave pick there. Um, that that's pretty much the top seven for most of the rankings that I've seen out there. There seems to be a little mini tier here at nine, ten, and eleven. So getting to pick here, this is, or excuse me, at 8, 9, 10, and 11. I think getting that pick here is a spot where if you can move down a couple, uh, still get a guy that you really like, maybe pick up a second-round pick or, or something even a little better than that, that would be the thing I would be trying to do here. I am going to take the guy that I have ranked number 8, and that's Christian Watson. The draft capital's good at 34 overall. The landing spot's excellent with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I think you're going to have to wait on Watson a little bit. I wouldn't have big expectations in year one. So if you draft him, you better hold him and not fall for somebody looking looking for that future payday. Um, we might be looking at 20 to 30 receptions as a rookie, and that's not usually what you're what you're looking at with a with a first round receiver. 1.09, I will take a, a second round receiver as well. I'll take Sky Moore, who also gets the uh, nice landing spot in uh, in Kansas City, being paired with Patrick Mahomes. Um, so that's Sky Moore at 1.09. The interesting thing about Sky Moore, Ryan, is that although we love the landing spot and we haven't really talked about this all that much and, and we love the quarterback he's playing with and that yes, he was a second round receiver. He was like the 13th mm-hmm. wide receiver yeah. taken and we all expected him to be six or seven or eight at the latest guys like Alec Pierce and Tyquan Thornton, Wandale Robinson, those guys all went over sky Moore. So yeah, the capital's good, but that's a little bit of, of a head scratcher, right? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, there's there's always those players that uh, the dynasty managers like more than the NFL or, or NFL mock drafters like more than the NFL actually does. And uh, even as we got close to the NFL draft, uh, Sky Moore was showing up in the late first round. There was, there was talk that he could be a day one player or day one pick. And, uh, you know, he was, he was barely a second rounder by the end of things. Matt, who do you have at one point ten? Yeah, we talked we talked earlier quite a bit about the cliff at one point eleven. These two players are, are the two hardest for me to really wrap my head around and figure out how to rank them. And I'll just say them because they're probably going to go back to back here. And that's George Pickens and Jahan Dotson. George Pickens is the player I wish the backers had taken <laughs> instead of Christian Watson. Um, but, you know, Pittsburgh has the, the track record of these receivers. I think Deontay Johnson has a good chance of not being there uh, in, in 2023. And at that point, I mean, unless Claypool develops more than he has so far, Pickens could easily be the top option in that offense. So despite the lower 
uh, draft capital. I'm going to take him over Jahan Dotson, who I've, I just go back and forth with. He's the most difficult player for me to, to really rank is Jahan Dotson. You know, he has the draft capital. He has a decent situation. But to me, he feels like the more and more I look at him, he feels like just an undersized outside receiver that doesn't have elite speed for his size. You know, he's, he's 20 pounds lighter than, than Sky Moore. So even putting him in the Scott, excuse me, in the slot, he doesn't have the same contact balance as a guy like Sky Moore does. Um, but you know, I, I keep coming back to that draft capital and feel like I should be ranking him higher, but at the end of the day, I just can't do it even over these, uh, day two receivers. Excuse yeah, me, I went, two receivers. I, I put Dotson ahead of Sky Moore and it's just because of the, of the draft capital. And, and not only that it's first round compared to second round, it's, it's mid, mid first round compared <laughs> yeah. to late second round, which is significant for me. And, and maybe the Kansas City landing spot is enough for some rankers, Ryan, apparently it is for you, to bump that above. And, and having that quarterback and play caller, that all matters, of course. But holy cow, Jahan Dotson at 16 overall? That is, that is higher than any mock draft that I saw leading up to the NFL draft and and really, I think a lot of dynasty players are overlooking Washington as a pretty nice landing spot, more in the long term than short term, because after one year of Wentz, they, they, the commanders can move on from Carson Wentz. They could be in the market for one of these young guys or a veteran again next season. And really, rookies are bad as, as rookies, 99 times out of 100. So I, I don't think expectations should be very high for Dotson in year one. I do think that they because of that draft capital and because um, I would call that a solid landing spot, the, the sky is pretty, the, the sky is the limit for Jahan Dotson um, in the long term. but we are going to have to wait for it. I, I will take Dotson here at 11. I'm not sure that I said that, but I thought it was pretty, I was probably clear. Yeah, enough. I picked up on that a little bit there. Do, yeah. Dotson right. 11, uh, good value there. I'm, I'm going to have to uh, break the seal on the quarterback here. Uh, this is a super flex rookie draft, so I'll take Kenny Pickett uh, here at 12 overall. Um, you, you know, I, honestly, I, I don't have a ton of good to say about the player. We kind of um, drilled him pre-draft when we talked about him, and I still have all those same concerns. The draft capital is certainly on his side, though. Uh, not only the only first-round uh, quarterback, but the only one drafted before the third round, and we all said this was the landing spot we were excited about uh, there in Pittsburgh. So can you pick it at 112? Yeah, he belongs there. That's where I have him in my rankings. I, I would have gladly picking it, p- taken him, taken Pickett at 12 if I was on the clock there. So the first round is in the books. It goes Brees Hall, Drake London, Traylon Burks, and Garrett Wilson, followed by Kenneth Walker the third, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, and George Pickens. The last two picks of round one were Jahan Dotson and Kenny Pickett. Let's fire our way through round two, Matt. You're up to lead it off. After those top 11 players, I have a little little tier of three sitting sitting right here, and Pickett does lead that off, but it also includes the next two running backs. Uh, and I could put these in any order depending on the day. Dan, you mentioned your ra- rankings change all the time. You already made, uh, ma- made changes after you printed it out, all that stuff, and it's the same for these two guys. I will just go ahead and take James Cook, mostly because of the draft capital and the path to instant production. You know, we, we, we see all of these things about how Buffalo is going to move him around the formation, use him in multiple ways, and if for some reason single hair Terry was to get hurt then I think we'll see him use more between the tackles as well so a little bit uh, clearer path to production than Rashad White for me 
Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Rashad White at the two oh two and it's it's a lot about that landing spot and a lot about that, that draft capital. We were a little concerned about it. Everybody fell in love with him during the combine season, and then that faded. But Tampa Bay clearly likes him. I think they're going to trust him early on with a lot of touches, potentially more than just that passing game work that that he made look so good uh, in college. So he's the pick here at 14 overall. 15 overall, 2.03. I'll continue the running back uh, run. I'll take Brian Robinson here, Washington Commanders. Uh, I'm really liking kind of the buzz with, with Brian Robinson, and it's – it's it's not going Antonio Gibson's way, but those two every day it seems like are getting closer in dynasty value, uh, uh, going in different directions. And, and Robinson's going to have a role from from day one on this offense. Uh, Washington made it clear that running back was a priority for them uh, this offseason, both uh, making sure that they held on to J.D. McKissick, he didn't get away to Buffalo, and, and then using this uh, – uh, this early pick on on Brian Robinson. I love that pick, and I didn't take him because I thought he would he would keep moving down the board. And uh, I'm I'm close to making him my twelfth guy in single quarterback leagues. Wow. I, yeah, I, I, I really think Washington has showed exactly how they feel about the running backs that are there. I I, I don't. I, I guess I disagree. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I see it. I could. I could understand it. But I would rather take Pierce, and I'll take him here because that's who I thought. I thought I was going to be taking Robinson in this range, but I'll take Damian Pierce. Uh, you know, I know there's. You know, I guess if, if you want to define it as a crowded backfield, Burkhead is there. Marlon Mack is there. Who you know? I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Marlon Mack. Uh, two years now removed from his Achilles injury was the primary back there and Pierce has to wait a year, but, but it feels like he has a pretty clear path if he can beat out Marlon Mack uh, in, in the off season activities. So Pierce uh, he's, he's really fun to watch and I don't know. I just, I just feel like I would rather have him at Robinson at this point. And I'd be, I'd be curious what you guys feel about the difference between Pierce and Robinson right now. Uh, Pierce doesn't profile as a number one guy and a guy who can carry carry the the workload. He's and, like seven and, pounds lighter than, than yeah. Robinson. But I heard a stat this past week that he never played more than twenty three snaps in a, in a college football game. Yeah, but and that could be the Florida, Florida coaching staff, and yeah. you know they all got fired anyway. So <laughs> um, maybe they don't know what they're doing. But that's. You know, I, I just when I watch him, I don't see I don't see a number one tailback. But I, with that said, I think he belongs yeah. right here. I, I have him ranked at sixteen in my rankings, uh, and the landing. But the landing spot is the reason why we like Pierce so much. Houston needs needs a guy to hand the ball to, and he's the best one there. So so I think he gets bumped up because of that just a little bit. I'm on the clock at the two. Point zero five. I'll take John Mechie. I, I think I'm going to get him in every one of these drafts that we you are. do, guys. You I, are. I think he's the with the uh, the top sixteen have gone so far, so I have to take the the seventeenth guy, and that's John Mechie for me. I'm going to go back to the quarterback position. I'll take Malik Willis here. Of course, we uh, we know dirt. all about the fall. Obviously, uh, falling to the third round when. Uh, he was expected to be a, a first rounder, if not an early first rounder. Again, that's that's just a player we were wrong about as a community. Uh, 
but the things that we liked about him, that strong arm, that uh, that rushing ability, those are still in place, and he still gets uh, a, a soft landing spot in Tennessee. Won't be a year one guy barring uh, an injury, but still long term. Uh, really love the landing spot for Malik Willis, and and obviously love the value. We thought we were going to have to spend a top two rookie pick to get him, and now he's falling to the middle of the second round. Yeah, and I uh, this this probably is not the smartest thing to do, I guess, but you know it's me, so I, <laughs> I've I've done it. I, I actually have Willis as back as my quarterback one, despite the difference in draft capital. I've I've made the decision that. Unless I need, I, I like literally need a quarterback for me to, to start for me this year. I'm completely avoiding Kenny Pickett at this point, and I'll wait and take Malik Willis um, here in the middle of the second. Or the guy that I'm going to take, Matt Corral, who I think has a, you know, I, I, maybe a, not a super clear path to starting, but I think he's better than than Sam Darnold right now, and it's not going to be long. Uh, if the if the if the Panthers start out zero and three, one and four, one and five, something like that, I feel like uh, Corral is going to get the keys pretty quickly, uh, and in the middle of the second to get a quarterback that could be starting in year one, um, who has his abilities uh, as a scrambler to run uh, uh, RPOs and in, in, in a new age kind of offense, I feel like he fits better uh, than Pickett does. Um, so Matt Corral in the middle of the second is a slam dunk to me in a super flex format. I guess I will never get a quarterback because I mm-hmm. I wouldn't even considered either one of those guys till till round three for sure. I'll take Jalen T- Tolbert here. Um, I have him at 18 in my rankings. I like that spot, and I know third round uh, draft capital isn't isn't great, but he did land in Dallas, and and I expect him to get on the field as a rookie. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it again, Dan. I'm going with another quarterback. I'll take Desmond Ritter here. Twenty. 20- <laughs> You gonna you gonna dip into the fourth round, guys? Desmond Ritter, twenty one, twenty uh, first pick overall. Uh, really, same same thing I said about Malik Willis. We like the player, we like the landing spot in Atlanta. Uh, he might play in year one, unlike uh, unlike Malik Willis. I'll take my running back six. That's Isaiah Spiller. I think he lands at a pretty good spot. I think the, the landing spot is really what saved his dynasty value. And in the late second to get a guy who, you know, Austin Eckler has was stayed healthy last season, the entire 16 games. But prior to that, he had never played a full season healthy. Um, so I think there's a good chance that Spiller is going to get some kind of role right from the beginning and potentially more than that if something was to happen to Eckler. We did late first round uh draft strategy on on this week's episode we might have to do second round draft strategy (laughs) on next week's episode because um we're kind of all over the place in my opinion but my rankings aren't always right i was wrong once um i'll take i'll take david bell here at the 2.11 i think that's great value even in absolutely i I love super flex leagues because you guys can have the the quarterbacks i'll just keep taking these wideouts I'll take a wide out as well. Easy pick for me because I'm taking my guy from Kentucky, Wondell Robinson. Uh, got the <laughs> shocking draft capital, honestly, as as a early second rounder to the Giants. Um, I think that means we'll see a a, a, a trade of Kadarius Tony soon, but I guess we'll have to wait on that one. Uh, regardless, I'll round two. Regardless, I like the landing spot for Robinson Ra- here. Round two goes James Cook, Rashad White, Brian Robinson, and Damian Pierce, followed by John Mechie, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Jalen Tolbert, and Desmond Ritter, and Isaiah Spiller, David Bell, and Wandale Robinson. Let's fire through round three. We got a few minutes, guys. Matt, kick it off. 
I'll take Alec Pierce. Like the landing spot, like the role. The player is a little bit questionable outside of the deep speed, but uh, at the first pick of the third round, I'll take it. Uh, that's a good spot for him. I will go with uh, Zamir White, and that's a long-term pick as well. We're waiting for 2023 on Zamir. Mm, I think we just had a tear drop, but I'll go with uh, Tyler Algier, the Atlanta running back who could be day one starter. I guess I'll crack the seal on tight end and take Trey McBride here. Well, that leaves me up at the 3.05. I'm going to take Tyreon Davis-Price for San Francisco. Surprising draft capital, of course, for him. Um, I think he was the fifth running back taken. That is wild. I didn't watch him till after the draft. And I, he could catch passes, so let's just go with him. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get the tight end one since Matt took McBride. I'll go with Jelani Woods here. Uh, at 30 overall, <laughs> love that situation in in uh, in Indianapolis and, and love his athleticism as well. Yeah, that was going to be the pick here. Um, I'll go with somebody rising on my boards, and that's maybe, maybe some homerism, but I'll take Romeo Dubs here, a big body downfield threat that is playing for a team that certainly needs help at wide receiver. He was the next guy on my rankings as well. I wouldn't be surprised if he catches more passes than Christian Watson in year one, um, which could point to good things for him down the road. I am up here at 3.08, and I'll take my guy, Hassan Haskins. Thought you were probably going to do that. I'll take my guy, uh, Keontae Ingram, uh, both the players that we talked about earlier. With my last pick, I'll take the player that's going to make everybody that believes in Gabriel Davis very sad once again after a big playoff performance, and that <laughs> is Khalil Shakur. All right. I, I had him right here in my rankings as well. I think I'll go with some draft capital late in a second, and I'll say take Tyquan Thornton. Uh, uh. I guess I have to do it. I'll take Sam Howell. I don't like to do it, but I'll go. I'll go with the uh, the quarterback with at least a path to start. Ugh. So round three goes: Alec Pierce, Samir White, and Tyler Algier, followed by Trey McBride, Tyrion uh, Davis, Price, Jelani Woods, and Romeo Dubs. Then Hassan Haskins, Keontae Ingram, Khalil Shakir. Uh, Tyquan Thornton and Sam Howell. Man, super flex drafts are going to be fun this year. There's a lot of value to be had later on. Um, we're going to try to fit in a few more mocks. Probably not next week right away again. We'll let we'll let things simmer just a little bit, but definitely going to be talking a lot about rookies. We'll try to sprinkle in some veteran talk in the coming weeks as well. We're gonna That'll wrap up this edition of the DLF Dynasty podcast. For Matt and Ryan, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.